going on, guys? Welcome back to No Reserves Radio. Uh, we are in the offseason officially. We start the offseason this week. Um, with that, it encompasses the draft trades, all sorts of fun stuff as we get into what is the 2023-2024. I don't want to say preseason, but that's essentially what it is. Finals were last week. We're good. We're out of 2022-2023. Um, offseason? We're in the off-season, but we're in the off-season for 2023-2024. So we are now in a new season, in my eyes, from a certain point of view, I guess. Some people... Whatever. It's fine. Um, Before we get into anything, let's go ahead and get the question of the week out of the way, because this is going to be an information-filled episode. So the question of the week is, what is your favorite smell? What is your favorite scent? What do you like to put under your nose? So I'll go first. I don't know. It's always hard to find, but around fall slash winter time at Bath and Body Works, that's the place that sells candles. Yes. They always have like these chocolate flavored or these chocolate scented candles. They're not flavored. I, mean, um, I haven't tried them yet. <laughs> I might try it. Anyways, they're chocolate scented and I, I love chocolate. So I always try to buy those when I can. For me, there is a perfume that they sell at Disney. I have no idea what it's supposed to smell like, but I every time I've ever smelled it, it's just like it's florally. I don't know. It's just a really nice and it's almost like what like the scent you smell when you're on like one of the rides flight of passage, but not. I don't know. I just really like it. It's always been like. I want to get a candle made out of it now that we're talking about candles. Angela, what about you? What's your favorite scent? And I swear to God, if you say some kind of food, I'm going to be so sad. I should just to make you sad. But okay. honestly, uh, recently, Axe has come out with this new coconut really? smelling deodorant, and I really liked it. That's so. I can't wear Axe. Axe. I'm allergic to whatever's in it. Cause, like, I, I am too. Yeah, I so story time. Uh when I was like 17, um obviously using axe cuz like I wasn't always allergic to it. And I took my shirt off one day and I had just broken out into like all of these like hives all over my body. Went to the emergency room. And I just remember the nurse leaving, the doctor coming in going, "Huh," and then leaving and coming back with another doctor. They looked at it. They left. Another doctor came in. They're all just enjoying it. And I came to find out that the reason was I had some kind of weird skin reaction that you learn about in medical school, but no one has ever seen. And I had to get on. The- <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't go near that stuff anymore because it gave me a give me a journey. It was really yeah. painful. Yeah, for acts for me, it's like whenever like you're in middle and high school, like, you know, all of the. All the boys always just use Axe body spray instead of actually, like, you know, Boring. smelling good normally. Yeah. Um, and it would get so bad that my mom would have to leave work and come pick me up because I just would not be able to focus. I'd have a huge migraine, and it was just bad. I know Austin's weakness. I can hold that above him. Yes. Um, so we're not going to really do like a news segment because normally we do do a news segment before we get into it. But the entire episode is going to kind of be news because it's all trades and drafts and 
rumors, so I guess we'll start with the rumors. Have you guys been following the Damian Lillard story? It's not even a story. Welcome to Miami. Welcome to Miami, and then, so, since I know Angelo doesn't use social media, so Damian Lillard was on, was it Instagram Live? Yes. So he was oh, on Instagram Live, no. and Will Smith's Welcome to Miami was <laughs> playlist. Fast forward, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember if it was the day after, because uh, when was the Damian Lillard? Was that last night? I think it was yesterday, yeah. So it was last night, and then this morning, Jimmy Butler went on Instagram Live and was... Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, and he was just, you know, bopping along to one of Dame's songs, so... Yeah, and he posted it on his live, like Dame's, like the album cover, you know how you can post yeah. it? Dame Dalla, by the way, is what he's yeah, called. Yeah, Dame Dalla. Yeah. How do you know that? But, <laughs> listen, don't question Angelo. He knows obscure things that you wouldn't expect. Um, so do you think there's any like truth to it? I mean, as we'll get into, the Blazers did end up taking Scoot Henderson. I I think it's I think it's just every team's fever dream, but I don't think it'll happen. Fever dream? The only way I think it happens is if Scoot absolutely balls out this year and the Blazers decide to shift. But I don't think Dame leaves under Dame's own volition. Yeah, it's I think he tries to like he does what Dame has done his entire career, which is try to pressure the Blazers into making a move. Yeah. They will or they won't, and then we'll play out the season. November. Oh, that's will... interesting. Oh, Sorry, this is this is the last year that Dame is under contract without his own. Like he could opt out of next season, not this upcoming one, but next one. So he's so on his player end... option. So at the end of okay, yeah. So the at the end of this season, he could be a Trailblazer no more. He, he could. No. Under his own volition, decided, but I don't see it. No. Okay, so let's let's flip the script here, uh-huh. because we're entertaining the idea that Damian Lillard is not a Blazer this season, right? Uh-huh. And oh no, he'll be a Blazer. But... No, 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 no. We're we're entertaining it because like that's what we are. I hate using the word, but we are technically analysts. Embrace at this it. Point. Embrace it. So, though. Stop stop hating the term that you are. Embrace it. And let me talk. So, (laughs) we're entertaining the idea that Damian Lillard is no longer a Blazer this season, correct? Yes, sports friend. And we're also entertaining the fact that the (laughs) Miami Heat are the team that he will end up on, correct? Yes. I would be so conflicted, but yes. So, my question is, given the fact that Dame is under contract... What are the Heat trading exactly to acquire a talent like Dame? Caleb Barton, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson. I mean, all their, those guys' stocks couldn't be any higher. So, I mean... sorry, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Why um... not? Why not strike why the Irons? Have? No, I think I think their stocks dropped in the finals. I think their stocks. Vincent is the only one I could, I could see whose stock has risen. The others fell on their face. I, I think Caleb yeah, Martin. Still has, I, I still think Caleb Martin probably has the most value of those three. 
Um, but it's still not like it's not Damian Lillard. And if you're trading for Damian Lillard and you're trading first round picks, like those are not thinking Tyler Hero. It would have to include Hero. And like at that point, Hero Plus. Is it a lateral movement? Because Hero's going to go get you some buckets. That's what you want from Dame. Neither I don't of them think it's a... Tend to play defense. I think Brunslow and Dame than I am. Yeah, Dame, that... I don't think Dame and Hero are on the same caliber at all. They're not on the same caliber, but they would fill the same role. No. Yes, they're... I think Dame would take over as the scorer for the Heat if he got onto the Heat. Jimmy would be a second command. Are you kidding me? Right, you really watched like multiple playoff series and a finals where Bam was taking the ball up and you really think Damian Lillard would not adjust the way would not that... slide the scale. Yeah. He would, he would adjust it, but I was also on board with saying that Tyler Hero changed that scale if he was healthy. I, I'm not saying they're similar skill levels. I say they would fill a similar role, right? I don't think they would. Is Tyler Hero going to be not Hero won't be the leader. I don't think Dame would be the leader. That's Jimmy's team. It is no. Jimmy's That's Jimmy's team. He is team, right dude. about that. That is, is absolutely no. Jimmy's team. He is I don't agree. Austin. This is the first time Ren and Austin have agreed live on air. No. no, no Ren no. and Austin have agreed live Ren on air? Austin have disagreed. Sorry. Uh, Okay. Um, full this is the first here. time I do it every week. And this is our first like main disagreement. Shut up. Let me talk. Uh, full disclosure. Agree to disagree. For those listening at home, we are we didn't record on our normal recording night because that was the night of the draft, and then last night some personal things got in the way, so we did not record last night. So we are recording the day before this episode releases. There's not a lot of time for editing, so if you notice anything off about this episode compared to the quality of our previous episodes, that's why, and we apologize immediately. But I don't. He doesn't because he's the one that's <laughs> doing the editing. And um, but no, it, it would have to include Hero and some. I don't think it's that much because Hero's age compared to Dame's age, plus the contract, like yeah. So I don't think it's Hero. Plus a lot, especially if Dame is saying, I oh. want to go to Miami. Here's, I'm going to, I'm going to spin this a different way. And while I don't think Miami will do this, I just want to, you know, since we are uh, analysis or what, what did you call yeah. it? Sport analysis. Oh my God. Analysts. Angelo that, is bad at words. Angelo is very bad at words. Okay. So let's entertain this thought experiment. What if they swapped out Hero in this deal for Bam? How does that change the deal? And do you like that better, worse? Or are you? I different? love that for the Heat or for the Blazers. The Heat don't do that. No. The Heat do that. They might as well just trade Jimmy too. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm the only consistent. I wouldn't. Yeah. That <laughs> but especially Jimmy, with how hard it is to find good bigs right now. Yeah, and outside and, of the top, top. Yeah. Um. So let's get into some trades. We'll get into the trades prior to the draft. We'll talk, like, who is the winner, who's the loser, what do you like, what do you dislike, that sort of thing. So the first big trade, I'm not going to do the pick swaps because that was kind of, it's a pick swap, whatever. Yeah. Um, And there weren't any, like, major pick swaps. Like, 
I think the Pacers and Wizards, they did a pick swap for seven to eight. Uh, mm-hmm. The Mavs and the... Who? Kings. The Kings. Not Kings. Thunder. Kings? Thunder. Thunder. Uh, Thunder. Kings were later. 10 and 12. Like, there weren't any, like, huge, like, trades into the top five or whatever. So, first big trade was... Uh, Phoenix and Washington. It was Bradley Beal, Jordan Goodwin, and Isaiah Todd to Phoenix. Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, a absolute crap load of second round and first round picks. Um, the the first were pick swaps, but I I don't know. So knowing what we know, because there was another trade involving Washington. There was actually two more trades involving Washington, I believe. Um, yes i really think i like this trade for washington given what we know and i think that a lot of people are dunking on washington for their trades this season but i think they had so far a very very good first week of the off season dunking on them for what in particular just out of curiosity and getting chris paul they're moving chris people don't so they think the beal trade was underwhelming yeah in terms and of it, returns for the and wizards it, and it really Which, was at yeah. first but when we include everything else because it wasn't just that the wizards prior to the last trade happening which was we'll get to in a minute but it was the warriors trade i believe the boston celtics got more for marcus smart in terms of just straight up value than the Wizards got for Chris Paul and in the next trade we're talking about Kristaps Porzingis. So the Celtics did better with one player than the um Wizards did with two. But how do you like this team this trade for each team? So let's start with the Phoenix Suns. Bradley Beal now is going probably to run the point guard position for the Suns. Mm-hmm. So their big three will be Bradley mm-hmm. Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. And then you can throw DeAndre Ayton in there because maybe he'll finally tear again. What yeah. Do you think that moves the needle for the Suns? Do you think it's a lateral move? I think it's a good trade for the Suns. Um, but I am biased, everyone. If you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time... You know I'm not the biggest fan of Chris Paul, um, especially not at the what? Career. That is correct. I think so. I believe that still at some point this offseason we're going to see DeAndre move. I think depending on what that deal is, slash what that deal looks like, the Suns are serious competitors in the West. Are they better than the Nuggets? That's up for debate, but, so you, you know. You... I loved it. I loved it for Phoenix. Okay, Absolutely. that was my question. Austin, how do you feel for Phoenix? Um, I mean, I love it. You know, I'm kind of a Suns fan-ish. I'm starting to like the Suns more and more. Mm-hmm. I like it. Do I think it puts them over and gets them to the finals? I don't know. I think it could. Because I'm not mistaken, they still have to go through Denver. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it gets them to the finals unless something happens to Denver. Kind of. Well, here's kind of something that 
we aren't talking about or a lot of people are not talking about because we're giving Denver their flowers and they more than deserve them. But Denver previous to this year hadn't been fully healthy. Right. For like three straight seasons. So I think the odds of Denver not being at full strength come playoffs next year is higher than a lot of people are willing to admit. And that's why I said in in case unless there's an injury. If there's an injury like Murray goes down or even Aaron Gordon goes down, that might move the needle enough in my favor to give the Suns a nod. But that's being devil's advocate for being devil's advocate. What if KD gets injured? Like that's fair. That's fair. That's infinite. We can say that about any team. I I don't want to. Do I was that. taking the Ren roll there. We're going to talk about only what the value of those teams are and the skill set of those teams. And until proven otherwise, the Nuggets are the defending champions. Yep. The road to the finals goes through Denver as of now. Um. For the Wizards, getting Chris Paul, who we'll talk more about in a second, because he did not stay in Washington. Uh, Landry Shamit and all of those seconds and a few firsts. Um, it's an okay trade. Yeah, I'm, it was four. I'm curious. Four picks were ups in the first round, and then six seconds and cash. Four, four picks up. I'm curious now to know why. Because there have been, at least rumored, we don't know like for sure, but there have been rumored better deals as the seasons have progressed for Bradley Beal. So why now did Washington decide, now let's pull the trigger when they've had so better deals? You have to remember, clause. how many players in the NBA have a no-trade clause? Just Bradley Beal. Just Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal had complete control of where he went because he could, he's the only one who could waive his no-trade clause for a short list of teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he only waived it for Phoenix. Um, obviously, he's under contract with Washington. They do not have to move him if they don't want to. That's why they got the value that they got back because in their eyes, you know, Bradley Beal's not the kind of player to sit out Right. This was a mutual agreement because they agreed to trade him and he agreed to waive his no trade clause. Yeah. Uh, so the ball was kind of in their court. So the Wizard or the Suns had to include a little bit of value, which is the picks and whatever Chris Paul's worth, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, so given the circumstances that Bradley Beal has a no trade clause and has a I don't want to say terrible contract, but it's not a great contract given his current production like two years ago. Fantastic. Who's that? Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, okay. So to get the value back that they got for him, I'm not going to give it an A, but I would give it a solid B, maybe a B plus. I I like the trade for Washington because I like what Washington did this offseason so far, and there's still time. Oh man, his contract is insane. It's a bad, it's a, it's a bad contract. <laughs> yeah, he's got forty six, and then the year after that, fifty, then fifty three, then a player option of fifty seven. Um. So the very next trade also involved the Washington Wizards. Um. Like I said, they they did a lot. So the Boston Celtics received Kristaps Porzingis, the number twenty five pick from Memphis. I don't remember who they took with twenty five. Uh, I can look that up for you. Yeah, look that up. It doesn't really matter right now, but uh, 2024 first-round pick via Golden State, top four protected. 
The Grizzlies get Marcus Smart, nothing else. And then the Washington Wizards get Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, Mike Muscala, and the 35th overall pick in this draft. So there's a lot to break down in this one because we have three teams. Let's go ahead and start with Memphis. So Memphis gets Marcus Smart. <laughs> they gave up Tyus Jones, who gets to go be a starting guard for the Washington Wizards, which is what he I mean, he deserves it. He's earned it. He's a quality player. Yep. Um, I, I, he's a little older. I think he's like 27. But it'll be nice to see him running his own ship, even though that ship is the Washington Wizards, and I do not expect the Washington Wizards to be a playoff team. But it might be fun basketball to watch. But Marcus Smart gives the Memphis Grizzlies something they desperately needed. With Dylan Brooks on his way out, they needed another wing defender with a little bit of grit. But not only do they get that with Marcus Smart, they get a veteran presence that's not afraid of confrontation, not afraid of conflict. He's mature. He's multiple times in the conference finals. Um, a lot of playoff experience in his career. I like this just for the locker room sake of the Memphis Grizzlies. I think he will be kind of a hammer because... We all like Steven Adams, right? He's been the veteran on that team. It feels yeah. like Steven Adams has been in the league for 60 years, but he's only 28. And Marcus Smart is... No way. Yeah, he's young. He's younger than you think. Go look it up. Um, and 29. He's 29, whatever. When did he turn 29? <laughs> I don't know, but he feels like he's 35. Look it, look it up. But yeah, it feels like he's been in the league forever. Um. I, I was actually talking to someone and a lot of people for whatever reason. Well, uh, he turns people. 30 this year in July. So a, a few people confuse him and Ennis Cantor, and I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Steven Adams, he, he's a young veteran. He's also a very soft-spoken guy. You, you look at him and you think Aquaman, but that's not who he is. He's... Mm-hmm. He, he's not a confrontational player generally. So having someone in that locker room that's going to possibly fist fight John ja Morant. Demetrius. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, I think that'll be good for the team. And to go from Dylan Brooks to Marcus Smart, I think that's a positive for the Memphis Grizzlies. I would say it's an A minus. What do you guys think of Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies? Um, I, I like it and I don't, you said it, I like his presence on the Grizzlies. I don't know if I'm Boston, if I'm trading a one year removed defensive player of the year. He wasn't that guy um, this year. Though. He was not that guy this year. He was still a good defender. He was not defensive player of the year. He wasn't elite this year. Yeah, he he was not. He still had the hustle and the grit and whatever, but. Mm-hmm. His opponents weren't as... The actual production wasn't there. The defensive production was not there this year. Still above okay. average. Significantly above average. But this is not Defensive Player of the Year, Marcus Smart. Okay. Then I'm I'm a little less... I'm a little more okay with it. I didn't I didn't know his exact numbers for defense this year. Yeah, it, it was but, this year. Again, still I mean, it does, but... it does free up the logjam of guards and Celtics with... Because they have Pritchard, White, and Brogdon. Yeah, which Brogdon was actually supposed to be in this trade, but it was not to the Grizzlies. 
it yeah, was... Yeah, it was to the Clippers. Clippers, yeah. Um, but that yeah. helped because but he, he failed his physical, and, right? Yeah, there's yeah. something going on health-wise with Malcolm Brogdon. He's currently not eligible to be traded. That's not to say he won't be traded this offseason if he were to clear a physical. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of now, he is... As far as I can tell, he'll be the starting point guard for the Boston Celtics. But Unless they give White the nod. Or Pritchard. I, I'm very high on Pritchard. Yeah. We will talk about that as we get closer to the season. Um, <laughs> Angelo, how do you feel about Marcus Martin and Grizzlies uniform? I think it's a lot better for Boston than it is for Memphis. But we'll talk about really? Boston in a minute. Yeah. But what, what do you... Specifically, what do you not like about it for Memphis? We're going to break it down team by team. It's not that I don't... I don't think it really does much, if I'm being honest. So, if you have a choice between Tyus Jones or Marcus Smart, who are you taking? If I have to give up two first, Tyus no, Jones. No, 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 just, just in a vacuum. Marcus Smart, Tyus Jones. Marcus Smart, just right. for the defensive utility. But... but you also have to remember, the pick they gave up was number 25. That's a late first, right? Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. And then they gave up... Were they the one? Did they trade the Golden State pick? I'm pretty yes. sure, yes. Okay. So it's a 2024 first round pick. Now, next year's draft is not top four protected. It, Golden State will not be in the top four. Just, Agreed. They will, they will not be in the lottery. Um, <laughs> but 2024 is not shaping up to be a good draft as of now. So you're trading a late first. Which, let's be honest, past the lottery, I mean, even in the lottery, so. draft is a crapshoot. Um, 2024 first, that's a double crapshoot, especially if it's going to be a mid to late first. Is Bronny 25 or 26? Huh? Is Bronny 25 or 26? 25? You're the person that's supposed to look up the information. I You're think the smart one. And That is depressing. I'm categorically incorrect. No one listens to you, Angelo. Um, so, yeah. He's I, 24. I, he's 20. Oh, he's next year. Yeah. He, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I, I'm more excited for Bryce than Ronnie, but that's just me. And that's like a ways off. Um, that's so, awesome. for the Celtics, Celtics got Chris Dops, the number 25 pick, and that. 2024 pick that's going to probably be meaningless. So yes. let's specifically focusing on Kristaps. I love this for the Celtics. Finally, they have a big above 510 or 610, not 510. Um, yeah. They have another offensive weapon and an elite shot blocker. Mm-hmm. My concern is that a lot of this Boston core, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, uh, now Kristaps Porzingis. Those are injury-prone players. I don't like using that term, but they are injury-prone players. Whereas Marcus Smart, grit-and-grind player, he's very tough. Uh, Austin dropped out of the call. There he is. Okay, hello, Austin. Um, so in general, I'm very happy with this on face value in a vacuum. But given my concerns about Kristaps' health, in relation to Marcus or Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams health. I question it. I'll give him a B, maybe a B plus. 
as long as he's healthy during the playoffs, I think this is a great trade for the Celtics. Yeah. And that's what we're kind of seeing around the league is big depth is the problem. And almost all of these teams that need to make that next level jump. So I think, like you said, if he does turn out to last in the playoffs, then the Celtics may have a pretty good chance at a finals run. So I believe I said this in the chat earlier, but when you need to plan for the teams you have to get through at some point, unless you have a player like LeBron who will just make up for everything, the Celtics have to get through Giannis unless the Heat do it literally every year for them. (laughs) (laughs) The Celtics have to get through Joel Embiid. There are a... There, let's be real. There are centers, both in the East and in the West, that would give the Celtics fits, whether it's Embiid, whether it's Giannis, whether it's Jokic, whether it's a healthy Anthony Davis. They needed something to add to that because they did. They had a lot of freaking bodies that they could just throw at wing players. You, you got smart. You got Brogdon. You could wear down wing players for days. But it seems like a lot of the teams that are making the finals and are making deep playoff runs are putting it on the backs of front court players. So mm-hmm. they needed something. And this this helps them a lot. Now, my concern is is the Chris Stats Porzingis that failed Luca in that playoff run and that is basically where his tanks like plummeted. Is that going to happen with Boston? But on paper, I like the move for Boston. I don't know because Kristaps was facing a lot of double teams because besides Luka, it was just him. Team, yeah. Whereas on the Boston Celtics, like he's three, four. Option. Yeah, he's the third or fourth option, depending. Yeah, so he, he's not going to be facing a lot of, like, obviously he's huge. So like he's going to be defended by the Joel Embiid's but mm-hmm. you say the Celtics have to go through the 76ers, right? I don't disagree with that, but at the same time the 76ers have to go through the 76ers because they haven't done it <laughs> yet. So that's fair. And then they're losing Harden, are they not? Uh, on paper, we don't know for sure yet. Okay. Um so what would you guys give as a letter grade? And what would you give? Because I didn't ask for the Grizzlies because that was when Austin dropped out and came back in. What letter grade would you give the Grizzlies and the Celtics? Grizzlies um, C plus, Celtics B minus. Oof. I'd go in Grizzlies B plus, Celtics A minus. Yeah, Austin and I have the same grades. Like that's. I, I think the Marcus Smart is going to be one of the most underrated moves of this offseason. Um, mm-hmm. But there was a third team involved, the Washington Wizards. Again, they were very... We didn't talk about what that pick turned into. Uh, who was it? So it turned... So they moved that pick for a lot of... Like, they moved it around a lot. Okay. So in total, because they did a bunch of tradebacks, yeah. they got Jordan Walsh at the 38th pick. They got the Mavs second round pick. The best of the Pistons, Warriors, or Wizards 2025 second round pick. The best of the Timberwolves, Pelicans, Knicks, or Blazers 2026 round second round pick. And the Hawks 2027 second round pick. 
Jesus. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, so they turned it into five seconds, four seconds to be determined, I, and Jordan Walsh. If they were a small market team, you know what that sounds like to me? What? Those picks are all going to be traded for cash considerations. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was a third team, Washington Wizards. Um, side note, you all see that Washington, both the Washington Wizards and in the NHL, the Washington Capitals, are both considering moving to Virginia instead of Washington? I did not see that. Just throwing I wonder why, because you would think that, you know, D.C. wouldn't be a problem. They're a huge I, do, I don't think being the Virginia Wizards is a great idea. <laughs> Just, you know, understanding history. Um, but, yeah, so let's talk about the Wizards. They got Tyus Jones, Danilo Gallinari, Mike Muscala, and the number 35. Mike Piscala, I like him, but like it's, that doesn't move the needle for me. But they're just Gallinari, clap clears. They're cap clears. Yeah, Gallinari, I like as a bench player. I think that he still has a little bit left to give in the tank as a veteran. Tyus Jones, though, prior to the Warriors trade, this was going to be Tyus Jones' team, and we were going to get to see if he was really able to lead a team. They're not going to win games even with that Warriors trade. I mean, they'll win some, but. This is going to be a fun team to watch, and I'm really excited for Tyus Jones and to watch Tyus Jones. Um, at a face value, I'm I'm going to give it a C plus, maybe a B minus, just because it does help them reach the cap floor. It did clear Chris Stops, which was kind of redundant given the fact they had already traded Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just think from a business point of view i think this was a fantastic trade um because tyus jones is going to give you enough production to sell tickets even if you're not going to win the games so that's my take on that what do you guys think of the wizards in this trade i mean this is um good i was just i kind of along the same lines i think they're just doing it to fill roster spots to fill the money and then I don't see any of these players, maybe Tyus, sticking around past their contract expiration. Yeah, not absolutely not. Gallinari will go to a contender. Muscala will either go to a contender or... or whoever's willing to pay him money. Um, but yeah, that's... I, I don't think... I think outside of Tyus, this is kind of a mad trade, but I think... Again, I'm high on Tyus Jones, so... This is the problem with, like, having a grading system or a grading skill, because what do you do when the trade... Like, this objectively makes the Wizards a worse team on paper next year. So, But that's what they're supposed to do. So what do you do when your team is made objectively worse, but it's the start of something, like, this is what they're supposed to do. They want to rebuild. That's what they did. Like, I, I guess you could give that a C. You did what you you did what you were playing. You did what you right. Like or, that's why. Uh, like I I think a C plus is an apt because I think it. So a C would be you did what you were supposed to do, right? Like yeah. you, you check the boxes. You're trading away the people that are going to make you contend. You are in full tank mode, right? The yeah. reason I think it would be a C plus is I think Tyus Jones is a very good NBA player. So I think that that's in addition to whatever their future holds. Potentially. Um, potentially. Let's be real here. 
Tyus Jones, as far as expectations goes, does not have any. If it, if he works out for them and they can use him in the future, great. If not, they're still rebuilding regardless. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't think that's even a question, but at the same time, Tyus Jones played 20 minutes a game for the Grizzlies and what did he average? 10.3? Yeah, 10 points, 43% field goal shooting, 40% three-pointers, like five and a half assists. That's surprising. So when he becomes that guy, when he's the getting the majority of the usage, which he won't because of the next trade we're going to talk about, <laughs> but he'll be getting the second most usage for sure. Um, yes. he, he could go score 20 a game. He could get all NBA considerations as a third team option. He might be a fringe all-star because of his production. So this is the most ideal of scenarios. For yes. So it's, it's a C plus because they did what they were supposed to do, but they also got someone that could contribute to the future of this team during the rebuild. Um, but I, I think grading is difficult because I'm the type of person that grades it based on, or normally, I haven't done that today, but normally I grade it based on what was the expe expectation and did you deliver? If your job is to tank, so like last season, if you were the San Antonio Spurs and you traded an all-star player for cap considerations, that's an A-plus trade for me because that was your assignment. Your assignment was to tank. But it our letter grades are arbitrary. I'll give you that. So yeah, no, that's what. And that's um, all. Next trade, shockingly, also includes the Wizards. All three <laughs> trades we've talked about so far have been the Wizards. So Golden State got Chris Paul from the Wizards plus number fifty-seven, which was Trace Jackson Davis. Um, I know that because neither am I you. Um. Wizards get Jordan Poole, Patrick Baldwin Jr., Ryan Rollins, a 2027 second, and a 2030 first-round pick, which is protected. I don't know the protections on it. Let's start with Golden State. They got CP3. Is, is he going to back up Steph Curry? Is he coming off the bench? Are they going to run Steph and CP3? What in It'll be interesting. I don't know... I don't, I, don't, know. I don't know what the Warriors are doing. I don't know what yeah. the Warriors are doing. Like, I'm going to give them a D, but here's I'm the biased. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was reading an article, literally before this trade happened, I was reading an article where the Wizards' ownership and brass had financial decisions to make with, if I'm not mistaken, it's Draymond, Clay, Poole, all of them. Or they would be in the hole for $500 million. They don't got no $500 million. They're not owned by a rich billionaire. So what are they? What, like, what's the plan here? Are they going to move Chris Paul? Are they going to keep Chris Paul, then move, like, literally everything else? So Dre declined his player option. I think okay. that's... So he's not coming back. That's... I don't deal. know. That would be weird. That would be weird. Granted... He, there's no way! Where are they getting this money? I mean the wizards or the, the wizards. The warriors got money. That's not a that's not a question. Five hundred million dollar luxury tax money? Yes. 
So there was a. I don't think they're paying the, that. So once Steph Curry started shooting half court shots, the Warriors became the most popular team in the NBA. Um, jersey sales alone for Curry. I would be shocked if he's still not number one. I haven't actually looked at jersey sales. Pretty sure LeBron's number one. But... I don't know. Uh, I was looking at, like, baby names the other day. This is a weird uh, tangent. But there was a conversation that I saw on Reddit that was, like, there were X number of Jalen's drafted during this year's draft. And, like, it's because of Jalen Rose. Because, like, during Jalen Rose's Michigan years was when these children were conceived. Um, so when will we have four LeBrons drafted. So I went and looked it up. Okay. And like the name LeBron is not popular. Like this the highest point that the name LeBron has been was during twenty or two thousand four. And it was only like three hundred and seventeen babies were born named LeBron. So I think we overestimate the impact of LeBron. I think people respect his game, but I don't think like he's transcended the game, which is weird to say. Because, like, there's there were, I think, three Kobe's drafted this year. How many Michaels were drafted because Michael Jordan? To right? be fair, I but think there's no LeBron. Like Kobe and no Michael no. are no, you... are an easier sell to someone than naming someone LeBron. I don't think so, because, like, you can look at the data and you will see an uptick of Kobe's. You do not see an uptick of LeBron's. Like there's there, you, no you, there's no those way. of you listening at home go to like baby okay. name things. Okay, and you I can believe you're that. right. But let's be real about something else. You can name someone Kobe and not spell it the way Kobe Bryant is. You can spell it C O L B L B Y. Like you can call yourself Mike. You can there's different variant what are you gonna variant in LeBron? That was Colby instead of Kobe, by the way. I guess but my point still stands. How are you gonna vary up LeBron? What's interesting is the name Steph or Stefan has been in decline. So it saw a huge uptick. Well not a huge uptick, it saw an uptick in twenty fifteen. But it's crashed ever since. Uh, just a, interesting. I wonder what that jump was caused. For I'm just me. trying to figure out what we're talking about at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um. By the way, Stephen so I think Brown. I think the Chris Paul trade was done in part right, two. Done. And yes, I'm I'm jumping and I'm leading into the what the Wizards got back. I think they might have traded Jordan Poole to get Green to come back. Because we all know they don't like each other. That doesn't clear up any money! What? That doesn't clear up any money! I'm not with Angelo here. Like, I'm not going to agree with Angelo, but I don't think that had any bearing on it. But why not go... I mean, why not go all in one last year? Jordan Poole, you know, they're trying to get what they can out of him. They're obviously going to be rebuilding after this year because Clay comes off the books, Chris Paul comes off the books, Paul so just when, signed or Poole just signed an extension. So when Steph Curry was injured, all right, mm-hmm. 
Jordan Poole messed around and averaged like 26, 5, and 5. Yeah. Chris Paul is what you're worth? Chris no, Paul. This is something. A else. first. Yeah, Chris Paul in a first. A 40 year old Chris Paul in a first round pick. Yeah, that's what a 26, 5, and 5 player is worth. No. But maybe they don't think Poole keeps up the production. You never I was know. Say, can we stop pretending that Poole didn't look borderline catastrophic? During major points of the season and in the playoff run. So anytime, so he was not a great player when Steph Curry was healthy. But when Jordan Poole was relied upon to be that, I don't want to say number one option, but he was the number one option. And he had a high usage rate. He looked a lot better. I'm not going to say that when, like when Curry was healthy, he looked like, uh, uh, he looked like ass. Like that's just fair. But when he was the number one guy, he looked pretty solid. So I, <laughs> that's great when you don't have the guy named Steph Curry. I agree. I'm not disagreeing at all. I'm just saying I think he's worth more than 40-year-old Chris Paul in a first. I, I don't think so. Just I'm just looking at his postseason numbers. They are just not impressive. Now, granted, you're going to come back with Chris Paul wasn't healthy for this series against the Nuggets. <laughs> but, I mean, he shot 34% and 25 from three. Jordan Poole did yes. in the postseason. I think that's worth Chris Paul in a first. Or, I think that's worth Chris Paul. With three and a half assists where Paul can get you eight, nine a game. Easy. So, you, you, so you're comfortable not having the ball in Steph Curry's hands? Like, that's what you want? If Curry's off the court, we don't know what their makeup would look like. But if Curry needs a breather, Chris Paul can easily run that offense. But if Chris Paul's coming off the bench, you don't get the same value out of him. Let's let's take this another direction. Let's take this. Okay. You watched the playoffs, right? Absolutely. So you watched how the Warriors got eliminated out the playoffs. Yes. So you saw the look on Steph Curry's face and his body language. After Jordan Poole chucked that half-court shot. <laughs> yes. And you... It looked, like, it looked like a LeBron looking at Kyle Kuzma. Absolutely. Yes. But my point is this. Ignoring the fact that when Curry was injured, he averaged 26, 5, and 5, right? For 82 games, because he played all 82 games, right? Fair? Okay? We're yeah, he did. He sure. averaged 20.4 points, 43% field goal. I'm not even going to get into advanced stats because that's deaf ears. Two and a half rebounds, four and a half assists, right? He's 23. Three turnovers. He's 23 years old. You think this is his ceiling? And even if it is, you think that is worth a, you're trading for a bench point guard, which is what you want? That's my argument. That like I'm not understanding like what you guys. You're are trading for at. a veteran point guard. You Doesn't matter if he comes off point the guard. <laughs> You're trading for another veteran. You're on the court at any moment of any time, you will have a you vet have... who is a proven facilitator. Why is that not a benefit to you? Because so you I... already had oh. Steph Curry and Draymond Green. I'm actually starting to get with Austin. Didn't like see it but i think i'm starting to see it with um acquiring chris paul because they didn't like jordan Poole. because i don't know if you remember this 
Oh, no, you definitely remember this. But there was a point. There was a point in LeBron's career where he just basically refused to play with young guys. Could it be that Steph Curry, Draymond, and Clay are at that point where they're at their grumpy old man stage where they're just like, I, I, don't, think Steph is. I don't think Steph is. Draymond doesn't like anyone, so we know Draymond, that. Yeah, Draymond, like, he's Draymond likes be, Steph, that's it. <laughs> Draymond's not even going to be on the Warriors this I'm, season. He's going to go follow LeBron somewhere. Probably. <laughs> but I, I'm sorry, but I can't look at the way that series ended and the look on Steph Curry's face. And, the, <laughs> and I, can't, I can't definitively say he didn't have something to do with that. I just don't. I that, don't know. I, I'm it's, just it's saying a hard sell. it's a hard sell for me because you can say whatever ulterior motive it is, but at face value is a 23 year old 20 point per game scorer worth a basically geriatric point guard that you're paying to come off the bench. That's I think in the question. timeline it is more. It, it's not because you're not going to get the same production. Let's just look real quick. What are we looking for? I have Chris Paul's stats up too. Okay, so you've got Chris Paul's. Okay, what was Chris Paul's points per game this season? What was his minutes per game? 32. Okay, so he played more minutes per game than Jordan Poole. How many points? 13.9. Jordan Poole had 20.4. What was his field goal percentage? 44. Slightly better, 43. What was his three-point percentage? 37.5. Slightly better, 33.5. Rebounds? 4.3. Three. What was his assists? 8.9. He does have him beat there. It was four and a half. So where's the stat? And one and a half steals. So, So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where's the guy who said that the MVP shouldn't be just dictated on points? Where's this guy now? I want this guy right now. (laughs) The difference is Jordan Poole is 23 years old. His first season, he averaged 8. His second season, he averaged 12. His third season, he averaged 18. Uh, His fourth season, he's he's improved every season, right? Until he shows otherwise, he hasn't plateaued. He's gotten better every year. That's the point I'm making. You have to think about a future without Steph Curry. Steph Curry is not getting younger. Jordan Poole is a player that could, based on his production of 20 points and four assists in 30 minutes a game, is a franchise player. No. Not a great franchise player. (laughs) You don't like Jordan Poole, I get it. I think I look at franchise players differently, but because I think I'm stuck on like the NBA, like franchise or NFL, sorry, like franchise player. But no, I. Jordan Poole's not, if I have my choice, Jordan Poole is not the person I'm building around at all. Yet, but at all, sorry, go on. He's 23 years old and he has not plateaued, he's gotten better every year. Yes or no? Has he gotten better every year? I mean, yes, but I mean, you could say that about anyone. No, you couldn't. Was Chris Ball better this season or last season? That's different. No, it's not. Because we're comparing Chris Paul to Jordan Poole. So if how much how much better was Chris Paul last season than he was this season? What was his points last season? Last season? Do, 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 last do. Season. I got rid of this one. It was 14.7, 4.4, and 10.8 10. assists. So 
that was a pretty big drop. What was he the season before? 16.4, four and a half rebounds, 8.9 assists. A drop. What was he the season before? 17.65, A drop. So again, he's going down. Jordan Poole is going up. That's the point I'm making. Cause I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, it, you, could, just... you could say it's how you're blue in the face. Jordan Poole, equal, Jordan Poole plus equals Chris Paul to me. Ooh. Absolutely not. So anyway, I love I didn't really have a horse in that race, but that was fun. I love this for the Wizards. <laughs> they get a player, not necessarily to build around, but a quality NBA player who we already know can go out and average 20. Didn't she just two seconds ago say... Yes, he did. He did. What? Okay. No, I... A franchise player doesn't necessarily have to be someone you build around. What? Oh, what? What? You've got to remember that I'm... You're talking from football standards, right? I'm talking from more hockey standards because basketball is just all over the place. Like, to be a superstar, in my opinion, you're a top 10 player. That's it. To be a franchise player, you have to be a really, really good player. Does that mean you are the focus point? No. What? Your franchise franchise player means you build your franchise around them. Depends on who you ask. Um, what? Who are you asking? Because you're asking the wrong people. Is, what I'm saying is I do not think you build an entire team around Jordan Poole. I'm saying that he is a key part of your franchise to be a competitive Okay. Team. According to Wikipedia... I don't care what Wikipedia says. I'm going off the okay, Ren Okay, okay, I want to spin this a different way. The 2015... <laughs> well, the Kevin Durant Warriors, how many franchise players did they have? Three. Three. So Draymond Green's not a franchise player? No, Draymond Green is the franchise player on that team. Kevin Durant is not. He's the franchise talent. But he joined what? a franchise that had just won. Did you say fr- Kevin Durant's not a franchise player? Oh, when he's by himself, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a franchise player to me, I'm, what I'm trying to get through to you guys is I don't think it necessarily has to do entirely with the skill set. I think it's someone that is... Okay, I'm going to talk Pacers. Okay, because this is the team I'm most familiar with, just so you're aware. Ponies. Austin (laughs) just learned what a pacer was 20 seconds before we started filming. Recording. Whatever. Wait, he didn't Um, think, he didn't realize with the Colts that your whole thing is horses? Yeah, our whole horses. I knew the Colts. I didn't know a pacer was a. It's a whole Indiana thing. Yeah, it's a whole Indiana thing. Anyways, horses all the way down. Horses on top of horses. Uh Um,. So Tyree is a franchise point guard, right? But when you think Indiana Pacers, who do you think of? Like modern. It's Miles Turner. He is the what? franchise cornerstone. He is I mean, I do now because Howie's been on the team for a year, if not a year and a half. What? Turner's been there his whole career. Hasn't Howie been, been there for like a year? Whole, he's been there his whole career. He is a player that the team is not built around Turner, but the team plays around Turner. The team is built around Tyrese Halliburton. It, it's a weird definition, but that's what I go with. You can 
argue it until you're blue in the face, but this is what I do. He's uh -huh. been there for two years. Okay. Okay. So, that all said, that was a very long discussion on a pretty interesting trade. Uh, I give yeah. Golden State a C minus, and I give the Washington Wizards a B. I'm giving the I give the... a D. I don't know what they're doing. I'm giving them like a B. I'm giving the Wizards a C plus. All over the place. Jordan Poole could seriously go out and average thirty for this Wizards team, and he could I... seriously go out and average five. I don't. No. I don't know how to grade the Wizards. It, it could be an A. It could be a C. I... And I think that's the thing with this Wizards team is they're getting so many future assets. We won't know where we're placing them until those future assets develop into whatever. Um, rolling through. So I, I kind of... This is an interesting trade. Oh, I get rid of my trade. This is an interesting trade. So Dallas Mavericks, Sacramento Kings... Dallas receives Rashawn Holmes in number 24, which became Oliver and Maxence Prosper. Mm -hmm. Sacramento receives not applicable traded player exception, which is a little weird. Um, <laughs> so basically just cleared cap space, which is fine. Um, I love it for the Mavericks. As we talk about the draft, which we're going to fly through because this has taken a lot longer than I expected. <laughs> yeah. Sean Holmes adds a lot of depth to this team and also adds a veteran big to help their newly acquired drafted big. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, I, I love this trade for Dallas. Sacramento, depending on what they use that money for, I mm -hmm. think it's a B for both teams. I agree. I think it's just it's just a depth pick for Dallas. Depth trade. What about you, Angelo? What do you think of this trade? I have a larger theory about Dallas that I want to go into, but All right, go for it, it. it's just a, well. Oh, I, was, I thought you were on to wait for. But oh, I thought we I thought we would just I thought we just fly through the draft like go pick by pick real quick. Okay, let's do that before I talk about my okay. Dallas theory. No. First overall pick, not a surprise, Victor Wimbanyama. Wimbanyama. The bust. Austin, who would you have gone if you had 101? Um, I mean, even though how I feel about Wimby, I think the value alone, you still take him. Okay. Because if so... I'm the Spurs, even if I'm drafting Wimby and I think he's going to be a bust, I hope I'm wrong. But I think he is the best player. Or the best potential. Oh, no. He's hands down the best player. Like, that's not even a question whether or not he's injury prone or not or has an injury. In terms of just pure talent, he's the best player in the draft. That's not even questionable. <laughs> um, but this starts our season of how long will it take for Angelo to say Wimbanyama correctly? Oh, it's going to be a while. Because he still can't say Jokic correctly. I, I think he'll say it right when we're like, remember that one guy that was really good, that cat out of the league in a few years? So, <laughs> let, let's, we're only going to do this for a few picks. What do you guys yeah. grade the Victor pick? <laughs> I mean, obviously, Angel and I are going to say A+, plus because you know, it, it makes sense. What I, mean, I give it an A+, plus too. That was the only choice 
for okay. the number one. Okay. No matter how I feel about him, that, that is the number one pick. Um, number two, the Hornets took Brandon Miller, and this one was funny as hell to me because they cut to the live feed of the draft watch party in Charlotte, and the Hornets fans were booing. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but when this year's iteration of 2K came out, the trailer for it was the introduction to the story, which in the story, your created player is drafted above Shep Owens. <laughs> and the fans Owens fan? I, I still I still like remember getting booed. Right. And it was the Charlotte Hornets that were the team in the trailer. Wait, really? So my opinion is that Brandon Miller's about I think to come so. out and his rookie no it was because you play with LaMelo Ball in the trailer. So <laughs> my opinion is that Brandon Miller is going to come out in his rookie season game 3 drop 150 50 and 60 <laughs> because that's what happens in 2K. <laughs> he's just grinding for badges over he's here. He's grinding man. for badges <laughs> at this point. He's just <laughs> he's just gonna be running freaking pick and rolls from the high point like just over and over again it's gonna work every time so um, i actually really like the the draft pick for charlotte not yeah, only because they have lamello obviously yeah if you draft scoot henderson then you put yourself in a a weird predicament a portland trailblazers type dilemma yeah so and not only that, wing players are kind of like forwards is kind of the way to go. You want like people who are versatile and you can throw at anyone. Sorry, go on. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what's interesting is as we talk about the Blazers, I fully expected them to trade out of this pick, but I guess they just couldn't find a taker that was fair value because if you are committed to Dame, which it seems on the surface, at least, like, what we're seeing from the Trailblazers front office, that they are. Why do you draft Scoot when you've also got Anthony Simons? Like, it it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, I'm not going to complain about the Scoot Henderson pick, because I do think Scoot Henderson is any other draft, quote-unquote. He would be number one. Like, I get it. He's mm-hmm. an elite talent. Because Portland Trailblazers and undersized combo guards name a better combo. That's actually fair. I'm not even going to argue it. Uh, next at four and five, the Rockets and Pistons took the Thompson Twins. I don't like it because I think the Thompson Twins are overrated. Why? I might be the only one, but I. Why? I, it's not so much that uh, Amen is overrated. I think Osar is overrated because of his brother. I can see that. I guess that's more what it is. That's fair. Um, so, ignoring the bias, how did you like the picks for the Pistons? And why am I drawing a blank on who had Rockets. four? Rockets. Okay. Rockets. I like it for the Rockets. The Pistons. I mean, it's whatever. I guess. Like I, I wouldn't have taken it not with Anthony Black still on the board and Jarris Walker and Taylor Hendricks. And shockingly. And I guess we'll get to this when we get to it. I mean, I, if you I take, what, I mean, if you're the Pistons, what would taking Black do? You have Cade and Jade Ivy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's in Black is like it, you cannot have enough six, seven plus guys that can handle and defend. That's like, also true. yeah. You know about that from two K. <laughs> um, 
Also, Anthony Black's hair, like, that's... It is fantastic. It is probably my favorite hair from anyone drafted recently. Um... Was it Alfred Payton that had like the like crazy like whatever? It was um, Alfred Payton. Yeah. Uh, Pacers drafted Bilal Koulibaly, which y'all were in the party chat when that happened, and I freaked out. Yep. Um, that was a trade with the Rocket or the Wizards, seven for eight, and the Pacers ended up taking Jarris Walker, and the Wizards took Bilal Koulibaly. Jarris mm-hmm. Walker. And you all can vouch for me. I said was the perfect pick for the Pacers at number seven. Yep. Yeah. Three and D player. Four. Like it. It just made sense. Bilal yes. Koulibaly. I don't hate even if he was taken by the Pacers. I think that he's a player that, as he develops, is going to be, if not elite, he'll be near it. It's just it's gonna be a project. If I remember correctly, he's also really young. Cool yep. Bali is. And he's only he was five eleven until two years ago and now he's like six four, six five, something like that. Um at nine the Jazz took Taylor Hendricks. I was shocked that Hendricks was still on the board by this point. Um the Mavericks traded down, so this pick was actually the Thunder, who took Casein Wallace, who again Kind of surprised that Case and Wallace was still available at 10, but I do like that for the Thunder. I'm just worried that they might be a little overstacked at the backcourt. Yeah, between Shane and Giddy. The Magic taking Jet Howard at 11. Uh, with Once Brady again, Dick on the board. I actually ten- like that. Brady Dick. I, I like Jet Howard, but. You need shooting, and Grady Dick is probably the best shooter in the draft. But it is what it is. Um, y'all can interrupt at any time. I'm just going through the list quickly. You're kind of hitting everything. Um, yeah, so are. the Thunder at 12, which was actually the Mavericks, took Derek Lively the second. Now, I do want to talk about this one because I love this pick for the Mavericks. The biggest need on this team was a low post threat that was also an elite rim protector because Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, they're not exactly top-tier defenders, and when they get blown past, you need someone at the rim that's going to shut down the Jamal Murrays of the world. Christian Wood wasn't going to do that either. No, and Derek Lively, he is... At least on the surface, he looks like he's going to be that guy, and he's going to get an opportunity right out of the gate to be playing alongside two of the best ball-handling guards in the league. That's never so bad. he's going to get a lot of good looks just for being on the floor. So he has a lot and of... And also... Go ahead. He has a lot of opportunity here that I think a lot of young players would really benefit from. Mm-hmm. So... And also, I like this pick for the Mavs just because they clear the cap of Bertons. Right, because that was the other thing. We didn't talk about that. Davis Bertons was part of that trade. So the Cav or the Mavs lost like 17 million or 22 million. One of the two, I'm transposing numbers here. I think it was 22 million. Yeah. 
for free agency or re-signing Kyrie, whatever they takes. But um, next up, number 13, the Raptors took Grady Dick again. In my opinion, he's one of the best shooters in the draft, so any team, like modern NBA. It's definitely not in Kansas anymore. I actually like Grady Dick a lot. I think he's going to be really good. His suit, though. <laughs> what was he wearing? I don't know. But it it was an homage to the Wizard of Oz in Kansas. That's what he said. Instead of the ruby oh slippers, it was his ruby God. suit because it was... He was How representing Kansas. That? That's, okay, <laughs> I like it now. I hated it before, but I love it now. <laughs> and it just worked out. He went to a team whose primary color is red. Okay, uh, number 14, the Pelicans draft Jordan Hawkins. That's kind of a wash for me. I'm not a big fan on Hawkins. Uh, Hawks at 15, take Kobe Bufkin. Solid. Uh, Jazz, Keontae George. Actually, I'm not familiar with Keontae very well, but isn't he a... Yeah, he's a guard. Uh, yeah, 6'4". Jazz... Yeah, he, he's... It's... It is what it is, I guess. Uh, number 17, the Lakers take Jalen Hood Spino. I can never pronounce his name right. He is from freaking IU, so I shouldn't be able to. Um, was he freshman of the year? He was something. Big 10 freshman of the year, yeah. They, the um, Lakers kind of needed some youth and someone who can soak up minutes with potential, so... That's mm-hmm. kind of... Heated 18, Jamie, Jamie Jacques, Jacques, whatever, Jr. Uh, that is a really good pick. Yeah. That is actually a really good pick. Um, Warriors at 19, Brandon Podzimanski. There's a lot of good names in this one. Um, and then the Rockets. Okay, so this was a surprise to me. At number 20, the Rockets draft Kim Cam Whitemore. Up until a couple weeks ago, I remember Whitmore being on all of the draft boards as being, like, potentially top five. Like, he was just trending yeah. on there. So for him to fall all the way to 20, I feel like something had to have come up. I think someone crazy. said it was a physical issue. Yeah, I don't know whether it was physical or it was character issue. Like, I I read somewhere that he was not really showing up at his um, combines. Like, he, he didn't seem to care. He didn't take it seriously, whatever it was. Yeah, it looks like it was a series of lackluster workouts and underwhelming interviews. Hmm. Um. So that one was surprising to me, but given that information, I guess it makes sense. These teams are more connected than us. That's one of the important things we always have to remember. Mm-hmm. Because when we're discussing these things, it's very commonplace for us as fans or analysts or whatever you want to call it to Analyst. think we are more connected than the franchises themselves. And, like, we're not. So, like, stop. Um. Number 21, the Nets draft Noah Clowney. I don't think that moves the needle for me. But then at 22, they take Dariq Whitehead, which I like a lot more. Uh, 23, the Blazers take Chris Murray. Eh. Uh, 24, the Kings took Oliver Maxence Prosper, who was... Well, actually went to Dallas. He actually went to Dallas, yeah. Which, again, solid pick. I mean, it's, it's, it's a wing player. 
uh, 25. The Grizzlies took Marcus Sasser, which was actually included in... What trade was it? Detroit. I know it was to Detroit, but it was included in another trade, I thought. Um, I don't think so. At 26, the Pacers... Oh, that was... That was the Celtics pick. Okay, yeah. At 26, the Pacers took Ben Shepard. He's going to look great for the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Um, (laughs) A common theme, so at work today, we were talking the draft for the past couple days. Nobody really has thought about Ben Shepard. I personally, on my board, had... Uh, Leonard Miller going here, but it is what it is. Um, 27, the Hornets take Nick Smith Jr. Again, solid pick. He was teammates with Brandon Miller at some point, so yeah. Uh, 29, Pacers draft Julian Strother, which was traded to the Nuggets, and then at number 30, we're only going to do the first round because. Yeah. At number sure. 30, the Clippers took Kobe Brown. That, I think, is one of those players that could end up being like one of those YouTube videos. Like, what happened to the 29 other players drafted ahead of Kobe Brown? And I don't know <laughs> why that is, but just in my head, it makes sense. That's fair. Do you guys have any comments on the draft, real quick? No, I think the Jazz are making like sneaky good moves and. Well, not making moves, but drafting sneaky good players, and I think they're going to be out of rebuild sooner than a lot of us expect. Yeah, I think the Jazz are doing very well as a franchise right now. But that's so Jazz. They just... Out of nowhere and then disappear just as fast. Yeah, pretty Uh, much. I'm going to put you guys on the spot real quick. Mm -hmm. Lead the podcast for a second. I have a phone call. Yay! It's you want to talk about fancy football Alex. again? <laughs> Let's talk about Alex. No. Um, actually, I want to dive into the, since you, you know what? Since I have been called a LeBron stand and a Jimmy stand, I'm calling you a Lucas stand. Since you're a Lucas stand, um, okay. I have this sneaky suspicion that the Mavericks are doing this. I know, Ryan, and you believe this is to build around Luka, which it very possibly could, but I think they're kind of hedging their bets in case a Kyrie implosion and they're just stuck with their hands empty, out with their hands empty, and they want to draft as much talent around so that Luka doesn't have to go through another year like this one where he just had no... He had no way. What do you feel? How do you feel about that? I I guess I'm confused on how they're hedging their bets if they're trying to because you just said that they weren't building around Luca, but I guess we we read your question. So most of the time, when you have two superstar players, you don't necessarily make as many draft picks, and you instead focus on signing veterans and you build. Sure, getting the role players to. Yes, getting more veteran role players, players that you know have NBA experience and you know generally what you're going to get out of them. I think this way they're they're more banking on upside because they're not quite sure what the future with Kyrie looks like instead of making those signings. 
I mean, I get it. I I don't personally know if Kyrie's going to come back, and I personally don't know if I want him to come back. <laughs> um, I mean, you know me. I was super high. I was so excited when Kyrie came to Dallas, and it it, it hurt to watch it just, like, fizzle in front of me. <laughs> I know. It really felt like I looked down... <laughs> And Dallas was a top three seed, and I looked up, and they were out of the playoffs. I was like, wait, what? when did this happen? Yeah, it was just like a free fall. Side note, it, I'm back. They finally stopped calling after I told them I'm busy. Yay. yay. Don't, don't worry, Ren. We, we, we carried the ship. We, yeah, sure we did. You, I'm sure you all have the charisma to carry this. Oh, I now, do. Now, back to Ren. Back to Ren. What were we talking about? No, we, Angela was asking... Um, whether do we think the Mavs are building around Luca to hedge our bets in case the Kyrie implosion happens, so or I, are they building for a Luca Kyrie backcourt? They're definitely building for a Luca Kyrie backcourt, and that's how Cuban is. Until that ship has sailed, he's going to build around that move because he did spend a lot to get Kyrie to Dallas, and for all intents and purposes, it does look like Kyrie is planning on returning to Dallas. Um, so I think all the moves that have been made thus far and all the moves that we'll see for the rest of the summer are with that pairing in mind because the plan is a Kyrie-Luka backcourt. And we all know that I'm on the record as of the trade of not being a fan of it because I do not think they complement each other very well. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of teams that build a lot around multiple positions where there's a ball dominant player um, because there is only one basketball. And I think teams like the dynasty era Golden State Warriors, where you had Kyrie Irving, who was a very ball dominant player, and then you had everyone around him who was great off ball. That worked. Um, can Kyrie play off ball? Sure. I haven't seen it from Luka yet. But the only time Kyrie has played off ball was with LeBron James at the peak of his career. Do I think Luka is going to be not necessarily a replacement for LeBron James, but as physic not physically, as basketball dominant as LeBron was? Yes. Do I, I think, think he has the offensive potential to be, but I don't think... No, easily. I don't think Luka... I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. I... I don't think Luka I don't think Luca's gonna go out and make the block around the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's not him. But uh, I don't I know. I I was I was telling Angelo because he asked me about the Kyrie thing. I was like, I don't know if they're necessarily building around Ky Kyrie. And as a Dallas fan, I don't know if I personally want Kyrie back. I was telling him after that trade, it was like, yes, the Mavs are gonna go all the way, and then it just kind of. Okay, now we're in third, fourth, seventh, and now we're out of the playoffs. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely think you do want to build around Kyrie and Luca because I think once we do our position rankings, which I think we're starting next week, by the way. Just we are uh week after. Week after. What are we doing next week? We'll I won't be there next week. week. You will not be there next week. So next week is yes. Next what week is we're an Angelo episode, so we will have a different topic. Um, yep. So as we get into those player rankings, I think you're going to be intrigued by the fact that 
in terms of positional starting. The Dallas Mavericks are going to have two guys who started the majority of their player or the majority of last season at the point guard position on that top 10 point guards list. So, yes, you build around that. Um, I think I they're off to the right start. I think Lively was a great pickup. I think Rashawn Holmes is a great pickup. Oh, I think they're both great pickups regardless of Kyrie's there or not. I think yeah. that with Kyrie and Luca there, you are going to be able to entice some of those. This is not a great free agency class, full disclosure, but there are some quality pieces. Is this the year that Harrison Barnes comes back to Dallas? Is this the year that you move Kyle Kuzma to Dallas? There are move Kuzma's a free agent. That's what I mean. Like, is he moving to Dallas? That's what oh, I'm gotcha. Because um, I'm specifically talking about those years free agency class. Mm-hmm. Um, there are pieces I mean, out there that could help this franchise. Middleton. Middleton would be amazing. I don't think he leaves uh, Milwaukee though. But that would be like pipe dream. Um. Yeah, absolutely. Because I I think Middleton. Angelo has talked about it in the past. Middleton hits a lot of really big shots. Mm-hmm. He's the closer ha- for Milwaukee. Absolutely. And having that on a team with Kyrie and Luka would also open Kyrie and Luka up more to be those players. I just, like I said, Luka needs to take another step. And that's weird to say because of how great Luka has been so far to get to the point to where Kyrie is comfortable being that catch and shoot guy that he was for LeBron. Because no matter how you face it, like Kyrie is a great basketball player when he's on the court. But this is Luca's team. Luca is the best player on this team. So I understand why you acquire Kyrie because he's a great player. And obviously having great players on your team tends to lead to more success. But I just don't understand why you would acquire Kyrie when... You have Luca, and Kyrie doesn't really like patch up any of Luca's current weaknesses. Like, I'd consider Luca an average to below average defender. Kyrie doesn't doesn't hide that in any way. I I would. You are being way too generous with Luca's defense, my guy. I am. I would want like a Fred VanVleet if you're going I, for like a point guard. Oh, Drew Holiday, Malcolm Brogdon. Ooh. But th- but that's the thing. Like he doesn't mesh. He doesn't cover up anything I would consider a weakness for Luca. So great. Why? Star power. <laughs> Art Cuban is drawn to star power. That's fair. Yeah. And say what you will. Kyrie has a lot of friends in the league, and maybe, like, maybe he convinces Jalen Brown to request a trade to Dallas. Who knows? Like. Or LeBron. Or LeBron. I don't think LeBron. But I think then, LeBron runs into the same boat as Kyrie at this point in his career. Yeah, I agree. What do you mean? Like prime LeBron? Oh yeah. Prime LeBron with Luca? Take it all day. Like okay, what does okay, let's go back to what I was saying. What weakness of Luca's game does LeBron cover up? None. I mean LeBron's still a decent defender, isn't he? He oh. but wasting like there's also a lot of times when you're watching him where his controller comes unplugged. 
Yeah. <laughs> LeBron is a borderline great defender when he wants to engage on defense. But how mm-hmm. often that is. Now, granted, like, to be devil's advocate, do you think that if he was in an offensive system where he did not have to conserve so much energy to play offense, to be the driving force of offense and be the sole offensive presence, do you think LeBron would exert more off- or more energy on defense? No, oh, maybe it's hard to like tell. right now. You have to like you have to consider the fact that he is the Lakers' offense. Because look, I mean, when the Lakers acquired Anthony Davis, you did that with the expectation that LeBron wouldn't have to shoulder the entire offensive load, and that, that Anthony happen. Davis would do something that. So, on paper, it, it, that should already be the case, and that's not what's happening. So, I guess. What situation do you put LeBron in where he would be able to focus more on defense? The Dallas Mavericks, because they have absolutely none of it, maybe. I mean, yeah. (laughs) It makes sense on paper. Like, if he doesn't have to exert, because if you're on a team with Luka and Kyrie, you don't have to exert any energy on offense. You're going to get open looks. You're going to get open cuts. You're not going to get double teamed every possession. And then you're going to go and play defense. Do I think LeBron is still prime LeBron and he's going to be locking down the Kawhis and Giannis's of the world? No. Kawhi won't be on the court anyways, but yeah. Fair, he's load managing that day. (laughs) But that's... He's still going to be a good defender. Yeah. A better defender than Luka is what I'm saying. (laughs) That's not hard right now. And he could Uh, teach Luka some defense. You never know. And he could teach Luka some offense, too. Like... There, there are the reason basketball players continually get better, whereas in other sports, like as you age, you get a little worse, is because like you learn little tricks, right? You learn different, mm-hmm. looks, different like patterns, and you always are growing as a basketball player, and that's why we have players that continue their careers into later ages than other sports. So maybe LeBron teaches Luca a few things. Maybe he takes Luca under his wing because he knows Luca is the next guy in the NBA. But I don't think that's I don't think that LeBron to the Mavericks puts them in the finals, let alone winning the finals. And that's it's weird. It's so hard for me to say because <laughs> I'm gonna make you run mad. I don't know how good the Denver Nuggets are as a returning champion. Like I don't know. I just I still don't feel I still don't feel the fear. I'm sorry. I still don't. I, I don't question Jokic's greatness and I, I just I just don't feel the fear with this Denver team. I think there's so many things that could easily have gone wrong that just didn't. And that, granted that's what that's Part of the process of winning an NBA Finals, but I, I don't expect them back in the Finals next year. I would be shocked if they're not. I would be shocked if they were. Well, we will see. Um, what other teams? Just real quick, because we do need to wrap this up. We've been going for a while here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what other teams do you think so far have had a good offseason that you think continue to improve? Uh, I think the Spurs, like, obviously. 
I think there's going to be a lot of draw in free agency to go play with Wambanyama. Um, I don't think there will be. There will be. He's seven five. There was a point of view like he recorded from his eye level. The dude can almost dunk without jumping. He's blocking shots where he's starting his closeout twenty point four feet away. Still, he's got guard like handles at seven foot five. He can pass. He's gonna lead the league in blocks. His standing reach, like he can hold the ball above his head, and Anthony Davis has to jump to swat at it. Dude, <laughs> this is we've never seen anything like this. There's going to be an intrigue to go play with him because if he stays healthy, okay. I'm going to give you the minute of the doubt that if he stays healthy, he's going to be the best player in the NBA in a couple of years. You can argue with it all you want, but he's seven foot five and can shoot and handle and defend. He can defend perimeter. He can defend in the paint. All right. I'm uh-huh. going to get on Austin. I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. Is he a good defender, or does his length and natural ability just lean him into making defense easier? I think What's it's his length. What's the difference? If you block the shot, I don't care if it's defensive talent or freak-like size. <laughs> what is the point? I guess that's fair. I, mean, I think it's IQ. I if you're... if I you don't even need IQ. <laughs> When you're five inches bigger than the next biggest guy in the NBA and you're a starter caliber talent because this is not Taco Fall. This is not a guy that's going to be a career bench rider. He has the talent to be a starter. <laughs> and he's seven foot five. Sure, injuries, yeah, they're a concern. But until he shows us that that's actually like something that's going to be prevalent, he's still probably going to play more games than Kawhi. Oh, that's a given. Yeah. So, like, what more do you want? I don't know. That's, that, that that was a weird question <laughs> to span off on. Like, is he good at playing defense because he's smart, or is he good at playing defense because it's it doesn't matter? He, he's swatting everything. Um, Doesn't that matter? I, I, I think IQ matters. I don't... Right, so here's the thing. Here's my question for you. Can you teach someone defensive IQ or can you teach someone to be 7'5"? Which one? I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll take the 7'5 guy that can learn over the 6'11 guy that already knows how to play defense. Like, if he develops defensive IQ, which, full disclosure, he has defensive IQ. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't. That was that was you. Um, I was just asking a question. Yeah. You're being Kendrick Perkins is what you're being. No, I'm not. I was just asking you a question. Do, do y'all Wait. have any other comments on the draft or the trades thus far? I'm just, uh, the Spurs team is bad. It's not bad. 
It's not it's great. Not, it's it's not great. It's not bad. Johnson's nice. Yeah, Johnson and Johnson. All right, how many years before you got the Spurs? Are you predicting the Spurs in the playoffs? In the playoffs? Playoffs. They're in the playoffs. Not like when I'm saying next season, I'm not saying this season. Right. I'm saying the season after. I think the Spurs fringe on the playoffs. I think they do make it in in the play-in. Uh, year after, I could see them in the finals. I think Wimby in the finals. Absolutely. I have a problem with like I. I don't think making it. To the playoffs is as big of an accomplishment anymore with the play-in. Like you were the tenth best team in the league, and on your side, right? Yeah, but, You're better than five other teams. Yeah, five yeah, other teams. But the Heat lost the play-in, the first game of the play-in. They barely beat the Bulls in the second play-in game, and then they went to the finals. So I think yeah, making because, play-in is because they got hot. Oh my God! Someone else agreed with me. Okay, cool, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> they, they, they didn't make it because their roster is amazing. I, I don't even need to talk about it anymore. Someone agreed with me. We're good. We're good. <laughs> so I, I, but I mean, your finals prediction is crazy. I don't think it is. I think no. so. Just because I'm newer how, to the standings. How long? When did LeBron first make the finals? It was 2007, right? Oh, my God. We are not comparing LeBron to Wemby. <laughs> it was 2006, 2007, yes. Hold on. We're, we're not going to compare a generational player to a generational player. What are we going to compare them to then? It's just Wemby will never be LeBron. Why? Okay. Let's. Okay. Okay. Okay, then. Okay, then. Okay, LeBron then. is easily. I, mm. I'm out then. Let's talk about this then. In that scenario, then, if Wemby is not a top, what, 10 player all time, do you consider him to a franchise a player? A franchise player. Do you Would you consider that failing to live up to the hype? No, absolutely not. Absolutely I, not. What? How are you generational, but you're not even as good as the people that... That, mm. that are... You're not top 10? Who is the top 10 yeah. of all time? Wait, Angel, were you talking about all time or in the NBA? All time. Oh, that's where I got confused. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> generational means once in a generation. LeBron is the only one that overlaps with him. Kobe is the only one that overlaps with him. MJ is the only one that overlaps. Like, that's, that's okay. fine. But these guys weren't generationally hyped players minus LeBron. Because we didn't have social media and the internet back then. We weren't following them through high school. This is a different era. It's very difficult to compare the hype of a player like Magic Johnson or Michael Jordan to a LeBron James or a Victor Wimbanyama. But even in the same sense, if you're, you know, you're saying we have social media and all this stuff, that just increases exposure. It builds the hype. It doesn't mean the hype is real. Or it like, doesn't mean... He doesn't mean he's a generational talent just because everyone's like, oh my god, he's 7'5 and handles. So, just because everyone says he's good doesn't mean he's good. Is what thank I'm you. But you can, <laughs> beyond just the statistics that tell you you're wrong, Austin, you can go watch the video that also tells you you're wrong, Austin. <laughs> That's like... 
Like, I use this for Angelo all the time, and now I'm going to bust it out for Austin. Who's out of touch, Austin or everyone else? I don't know. Because you have a guy, it's not just that he has good handles, it's that he has elite handles. It's not just that he can shoot, it's that he can shoot at a clip that we've never seen someone his size shoot at. Okay, because there is no one else's size. Let's be a little bit fair here. His shooting this last season was not as great as everyone is making it out. Let's let's talk about that, okay? Because he's not playing college basketball. He's playing professional basketball against grown men. Grown men who who aren't seven foot five. Luka Doncic has talked about the fact that the difference between European basketball and the NBA. The NBA is easier. And that's a fact. Like, that is true. He said the NBA is easier to score on than... Yes. So, what we saw from Victor is only going to be exacerbated. The rules for the NBA benefit Victor. So, what we've seen from him in terms of Eurobasket compared to what he's going to do in the NBA, if he's healthy, again, it's all contingent on health with Victor. If he is healthy, it's no contest. It is no contest. He will run the NBA in a couple seasons. And when we're comparing a generational player, which you can only compare generational players to generational players, I'm not going to sit here and compare LeBron James to Jimmy Butler. Right? Jimmy Butler, like, that's not even, that's apples and oranges. Jimmy Butler is a Austin is Jimmy Butler to LeBron fairer than Wemby to LeBron. But prime LeBron James, he's freaking unstoppable. There's no one close to him. That will be Victor if he is healthy. So why is it absurd when LeBron James carried a Cavs team with a man named Booby on it to the NBA Finals? Why is it absurd to think that a Spurs team that could only get better, that potentially will get better because it's it's San Antonio, it's not Cleveland. People because, like going south. Because you're simultaneously saying that if he's not a top 10 player of all time, he's not failing to live up to the hype. But by the way, he's going to have a top 10 player of all time projectory. That's so right. Is that not what you just said? Let's let's talk about that for a second. Okay, so a generation, let's roughly say that's 15 years, right? Right. Sure. Sure. How long has the NBA existed? I don't know. It's probably going on. if, If you have a generational player, right? You eventually run out of top 10 spots. That doesn't mean those generational players are any less qualified. It just means that eventually you run out of top 10 spots. You eventually are not better than that guy. That doesn't mean that you are not that much better than your peers. That just means that, yeah, those guys were better. That's not a knock on you. That's how talent works. So to say, oh, he's not a top 10 player of all time. Yeah, we're not comparing him necessarily to those players. We're comparing him to his peers so then let me rephrase this question then what do the top 10 players of all time possess that Wemby does not as far as tools if he assuming he's healthy eyes huh or wait what do they possess that he doesn't yeah what do they possess that he doesn't that's going to stop him from becoming the top 10 player potentially health i will say that his the concern with the size of him in the history of larger players is concerning to me. So then, I'm just, I'm still stuck on his shooting that you think his shooting's amazing. 
I don't think yeah, it's amazing. It, I it wasn't as good as he. I looked. I looked up his stats. He shot twenty-seven percent from three. It's not as good as everyone makes it out to be. It How really is that not. good? Compare him to other players. His position. But you can't compare him to other players his size. And not only that, let's be honest, his position is dog water. I told you this. You tried to you tried to say this. You tried to say Nikola Jokic is a what, what is it? A top the top scoring center. And then when you looked at the stats against other NBA players, there wasn't another center on the list. So like I don't know. Let's... Can I not do it by... Yes. I just total three point. So... I want to do just three pointers. So once again, you are going to compare... This, this is what This is what's going to happen. Because because we've put it into existence, we now want it to be existence. We are now going to start comparing Wemby to, outside of Jokic and Embiid, we are now going to start comparing them to such greats as, like, DeAndre Ayton and... No, 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 no. Cat no. And Gobert. <laughs> yes, that's what's going to happen! And I swear to God, at some point during the next calendar year, this is going to be a conversation. I'm telling you. Will that be a conversation? Yes, but not for the reason you're trying to spin it. I think that's going to be a conversation for when we're discussing like top centers of the NBA. And then you're going to flash back to this and be like, oh, you're comparing him to DeAndre Ayton. No, we're doing that because we're comparing him to his compatriots right now. So, yes, we do compare him to his peers. But if we're comparing him to all time, which is what we're doing right now, yeah, I would say historically he's not an elite shooter, but 27% not terrible given his size and the fact that he doesn't shoot them at a high clip yet and he will probably get better at shooting. Um, the worst center shooting this year was 32.7. Isaiah the Stewart. The worst. The worst. That that was the worst, the worst center. The, That's what you're, you're going to sit here and tell me the worst shooting big this year shot 30 percent percentage 37 uh-huh 32 so sorry 32 we're, we're gonna we're gonna say that right yes we're, we are we are currently saying that i'm curious to what go bears percentage was then uh that's Zero. weird because nerland's noel shot 16 <laughs> percent weird from three from three I have fifty percent. Mm. How many? One attempt, two attempts, one make. That clears. No. <laughs> Are you looking at playoffs? He's probably looking all time or like their career percentages. No, I was just looking last season. If you're right, Ren's about to go into a meltdown. <laughs> no, that's the. the mm-mm. There aren't even guard like no. Average no rate. what? Red is now gonna spend the rest of this episode. No 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 no. I'm I'm trying to find like full stats because what he's looking at is clearly not full stats. It's like must have attempted three hundred plus or something. Uh, 
No, it's with one attempt. I just said he had two attempts, one make. He did. There, is there are no 50 way. centers on this list. There is no way the worst shooting center shot 30%. There's no way. And Wemby shot 27 in Europe. There's He's no shooting him well above his clip at this for his size and position. Well, yes. When we compare him to DeAndre Ayton, I'm sure he, he clears that model. <laughs> so, are you both prepared to eat the crow here? <laughs> I just want to. Clarify. I found my mistakes. Oh, did you find your mistakes? <laughs> yeah, it was that was just page one. I didn't realize there was multiple pages. Oh, weird. <laughs> Sorry. So he. Let's see. So who was the worst? Who who was the worst? Who was sure the page three. It was page three. Because the worst that on. made a shot was Christian Coloco at one for twelve, eight point three, or Bam. 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 What did Bam shoot? Like ten percent. Wow. But again. We don't call Bam a great three-point shooter. You are calling Wemby a great three-point shooter. For his size, yes, he's a great three-point shooter. How do you contest someone that can touch the rim standing flat on the ground? Something wide shooting 27%, Ren! Could you explain what? that to me, please? I couldn't hear you because you were shrieking into a microphone. <laughs> Why did he only shoot 27% in Europe last year if you don't believe there's someone who can put a physical hand in his face to obstruct his vision of the rim? So according to this website, Wemby is 7'3". Okay. We'll, give him, was we'll say he's 7'5". Okay. Porzingis, who is only two inches shorter, is shooting 38.5%. But for his size, he's shooting above his clip. I wonder, I wonder how many people can put a hand Hold in Porzingis' face. Hold on. Because I, I can't, I'm trying to explain it to you, but you're not listening. You're just not explaining it. No, I've explained it three freaking times, and you're just not listening, so... Oh, oh here we go. All heights. Seven foot and above. Hold on, hold on. Still scrolling. There you go. He is below DeAndre Eaton in three point shooting. Okay, let's see. I need also, I need a second page pulled up. Hold on, I'm pulling up stats real quick. Okay. Hold on. Do that. This, this will. This will be relevant in a second. Give me a second. Okay. All right. Luka Doncic shot 44% from three. What did he shoot in Europe where hand checking was available? Oh, he shot 28%. Wow. It's almost like when you <laughs> change the rules, it's different. That's the point I'm trying to make. You guys are comparing what he did in Europe. That's not relevant. The rules are different. So that's what you're, you're, that's where you're pulling your basis. He's a great shooter. Because he, what did he shoot in Europe? 27. Luca shot 28. 
what's your okay. point? What is your point? Tell me right now, because when Luca got here, he was... part where Luca grew a foot. Oh my God! You're people not were unable goal. to unable to contest him. You're shifting a goalpost. <laughs> no. that's, that's what you said. He's shooting well for his side. But if he's seven five, and a six seven dude okay. can shoot a little better than him, what's okay. the difference? So if this let, man has such big height difference, let let me ask you a question. If you have a player that shoots thirty four percent from three, do you consider that good? That's a good clip. This isn't two K, right? This is this is thirty four percent is a good three point shooting clip, is it not? Thirty four percent. What is the 34%. average NBA three point shooting percentage? Austin, please. I, I'm asking you a question. What is the average NBA three point shooting percentage? Do Austin? you consider Luka Doncic a good three point shooter? Not really, no. A player, a team that shoots 35 is good. Okay. Anything above 35 is above average to elite. So shooting 35% is, you would call that good, right? Okay. Sure. Yeah, okay. the league average was 36.1. Right, 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 right. So that's good. So a player that is not playing a position that traditionally shoots, that shoots 1% lower than a player that shoots at a good clip, is therefore a good shooter. Yes, no. Repeat that. So a player that plays at a position that traditionally does not shoot at a high clip because... Traditions don't matter. We've realized the game has changed. Right. So he is playing in Europe and he shot 27% in a league that what okay let's look at this a different way Hold on. Here's, okay okay i'm gonna make this really really simple just just make, please try to make this simple for me i don't want the caveat of for his size is he a good shooter yes or no to you that's tough hold on let me <laughs> that shouldn't be tough hold on i'll be in pro a so hold on hold on you... You're making the arg- you're you're simultaneously making the argument that Luca is a good three point shooter and he shot around the same percentage as Victor, but also saying you're not confident that he is a good shooter or can translate to a good shooter in the NBA. How? How? Hold on. Oh. Do because I'm going you, into my uh, inexperience here. What is the European League? Is it just the Euro League? That literally what's so, called. So the the like where Luca played. Okay, I'm trying to find so, his international stats. I don't remember what league he played in. Um, but the one that Wimby just came out of was the LNB Pro A League. Um. Which was the? But here, okay. I'm gonna let you. Gather oh yeah, I found the same website I'm using for Wemby. This will work. I, I I'll let you find the research. But here's my thing: when he is in the NBA, and when we judge him as a player, mm-hmm. I don't generally care what Rudy Gobert shoots from three. Thereby, that makes Wemby a good shooter. He is going to be judged based on the performances he puts out, and he is going to be generally deemed a good shooter or not period 
They're not going to say because he's seven five and can shoot, thereby he is a good. That that's not how that works. That that's not how that works. Switch, I can switch this. Haha. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Wait, where did you get Lucas shooting forty four percent? Uh, that's why I changed it to thirty five because I was okay. Like, shooting. That, okay. What, that doesn't happen. Yeah. No. Okay, I missed that one. That doesn't happen. I know it doesn't. So, so in the league he's in, okay, he Who? shot Wimby. Okay. He was the 27th, or not the 27th, the 12th best shooting big in that league. Right? Mm-hmm. That is out of 30 potential players that shot threes. Okay. Position. That's the point I'm making. Comparing him, so he's the twelfth best European center. Oh my god! So our generational talent is twelfth best. He's making my brain hurt. He's making. Is that what he just said? Is that what he said? Okay. So have you ever heard the saying "missing the forest for the trees"? That's what you're doing. Is that not what he just said? We okay. We have a player in the. Is Luka Doncic one of the best players in the league right now? Yes. Yes, no. So we have his stats from EuroLeague. We have his stats in the NBA right now. We have him on record saying the NBA is easier, right? Yes, no. This is yeah. not a difficult question. Yes. Why are we not saying, okay, we see what Luca did in the EuroLeagues. We see how it translated to the NBA. Why are we then not saying, we see what Wimby's doing, but we're not going to translate that? We're just going to say he shoots 27% from the three and not. Talk about because the fact that's that. all I'm saying. I don't see. I think his shooting is overhyped. I don't think he's not going to be a great player. But I, I'm just trying to fathom this this player that that everyone thinks Wemby is going to be when he's not that player right now. He can develop into that player, but he's not the player everyone makes him out to be right now. And I'm tired of us is he- pretending that he is. He is, though. He is this He's player. Not. Oh, my God. Oh. If he was, guess... he wouldn't be saying things like, for his size, he is no, a good... I, his size is very relevant. Because when I... you have someone that big, you're going to have a hard time stopping them at the rim. But guess what? He can also shoot the freaking ball. You have to play him on the perimeter. You cannot just slag off in the paint and watch for his teammates to drive because he will hit that shot. That's the reason we have to talk about the fact that he can shoot at his size. Because what are you going to do when he's in the paint and can just reach up and dunk the ball? You have to... He's a three-level scorer. That is 7-5. And then you get to the other side of the floor. You're shooting a three-pointer and he's at the key. He's going to get to you. That's the point you're not getting. This isn't like LeBron James where everyone else is the same height as him or taller. There is nobody taller than Victor. Height is important in basketball, yes or no? Yes. That's why you don't see 5'7 guys in the NBA. Not only is this guy bigger than everyone in the NBA, he's just as talented, if not more so. That's the point of talking about the fact that he's going to hit threes. Because you cannot slag off of him. But, oh yeah, if he's in the paint and he catches it, what are you going to do? You're a seven-foot guy. You have to jump to block his standing layup. Let alone if he jumps, you're not getting it. 
So I guess my problem is I don't I get size is important in the NBA, but I don't think that skill translate with I But that's the thing. Let me let me oh. let me figure out how to formulate this. He has both the skill and the size. We have a seven foot five NBA player that can handle not like Kyrie Irving, but like a Marcus Smart, like a guard, like just an average or good guard. This isn't an awkward Dwight Howard crossover. This is someone that can actually move with the ball at speed. And oh yeah, if he gets anywhere near the rim, you're screwed. So I just don't see how we can entertain the idea based on his skill that he's going to be a bust. If you want to say he's got injury got potential, sure. Absolutely, I'm... there is an injury potential. But everything we see from him in terms of his numbers and how they translate to the NBA compared to other players that played in the various Euro leagues and how their numbers translated to the NBA, we know how that goes. His offensive production is going to jump. Because the Euro League rules are more constricting. It's more akin to 90s era basketball that we all talk about. And again, he's not playing against college players. He's playing against 30-year-old men that know how to play basketball, that have been doing it longer. Did Jokic come from the International League? Like, was he drafted out of the... Serbia? Yeah, he was. Yeah. But you also have to remember, like, Jokic didn't pick up a basketball until he was, like, 17. That's true. I'm trying to find other European stat, like, people to compare it. Because, like, just because Luca's career, like, Luca's 28 translated to 35, doesn't mean Wemby's will. Just because he's good in Europe doesn't mean he'll pan out in the NBA. Even if he only shoots at a 27% clip. You have to guard that. I know you have to guard that. My problem is with you saying that he's an above-average shooter. I would say at his, his position, position, he's an above-average shooter. Is... Why is 27 shoot... above-average? Because he's not going to shoot 27 when he gets over here. I mean, center shot... Oh, this is 2020, 2021. I don't want to count that. You know what? I'll count it. Screw it. So a few years ago, center shot 34%. That was the NBA league average for three points. If he shoots 27, are you comfortable saying that he's above average? Are, are you on stat muse? Yeah. Like I said, I don't have, I don't, I can't find the later years. I mean, that's tough because the the, the three pointers made was point five, so like, I I feel like some of those numbers are going to be inflated. Let's try to find a different one. Uh, da, da, da. no, that's not it. But. What I'm saying is a 27%. That's not what he's going to shoot when he's over here. Because he's going to have an easier time getting shots off. Yeah. 
and the rules are going to favor him more. And again, if you slag off of him because he's only a 27% shooter, he's going to hit it. If you play up on him, he has the speed, he has the handle to get by you, and you're not stopping him at the rim. If you want to say he's a bust risk because of injury, absolutely. But there is nothing about his talent that shows any sort of bust risk. It's just, it's not on the table. I, I will argue this until we're all blue in the face. <laughs> it it just doesn't make sense. Hmm. I have a video of Wemby shooting on an NBA court and has missed every shot. Uh-oh. It, it, it happens. There's videos of Steph Curry shooting on an NBA court and missing every shot and then looking at his hand like, what's going on? Do you want me to find a video of Wemby shooting on a NBA court and hitting every <laughs> shot? Because what you're doing is called an anecdote, and it's not data. <laughs> like, 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 fight me. I square up. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying Wemby's going to be above. I'm just saying, like, specifically the shot is not as good as people make it out to be, and it's still something he has to develop. That's that's literally my whole crux. Yeah, I I know you're you're ready. You got the boxing gloves on. You're ready to go ten rounds, but I don't think what I'm saying is that like extreme. I think what Austin's saying is a little bit more extreme. But what I'm what saying, was I even saying? I've gotten lost at this point. Yeah, Wimby bust. Wimby yeah, Wimby is gonna be a bust. He's not gonna be a bust. Look for the NBA. Do I hope I'm wrong? Do I hope this seven five like. Unicorn goes out and does amazing things. Sure. Now, Do I think he will? I don't think so. Will you say he's going to be a bust because of injury, or are like is that what you're saying? Ah, uh, yes. I'm okay. leaning on the injury side of things. I accept that. That is a legitimate concern that I think most NBA fans do have, unless you're in San Antonio, in which you're shoving your head in the ground. <laughs> if you're gonna sit here and tell me that he's an NBA bust risk because of his skill set absolutely not no i don't think he's gonna be a bust because of his skills i think then i think some of his skills won't i don't think some of his skills will translate to the nba because of his strength and i don't think he's going to be a shooter he will shoot i don't think he's going to be a shooter no his game is not that he's a shooter that's not his game but he can shoot the ball. I never doubted that he couldn't shoot. I had your problem saying that he was an above-average shooter at his position. Above-average shooter at his position. He you said will. will. He will be. You said that he is. I still think he is. But I don't have any... Like, the fact that I can show you other players and how they translate to the NBA and the rules that favor those players and... I can show you that, but you're going to be like, ah, oh, I don't care if Luca shot the same percentage. It's different. It's it not. It's different. It's Every different. player is different. So why did Luca shoot the same percentage as him? <laughs> he didn't. He shot 1% better. Wow. Just out of curiosity, um, what was... Uh, now I'm trying to think of a Euro player. Did Bertans play in the Euro League? Y'all are like, hold on, let me, hold on, hold on, just, just for, uh, hold on, hold on, uh, wait, no, no, hold on, hold on, better one, hold on, 
Hold on. Since Hold we on. don't understand how stats translate, I'm going to pull something up here. Do it. Okay, so based on the fact that uh, Wimby shot 27%, and that's indicative of how he's going to perform in the NBA, right? Like, we're, we're talking about that. Uh, Jimmer Fredette shot 60% from three in the CBA. Average 40 points. Since we're we're not going to talk about the fact that the leagues themselves are different and the way the players perform are different, and we're only going to focus on the fact that he shot 27%, we have to talk about the 64% that Jimmer Fredette shot, right? Like That's relevant, right? Sure. Or does this only matter when we're talking about Wemby and how the Eurobasket translates? Yes, no? I don't know. Were we confident Luca was going to be a top NBA player oh, when he on. was drafted? Yes or no? Were we? Yes. I. There was a period of time where I thought Luca could go one, like a year out, and then Luca kind of fell off, and then he came back, and it was like wishy washy. Oh, hold on, hold on. Uh. Mm. I think at this point with the amount of hype we're going with, I think anything other than like top player top player all time is kinda not living up to the hype at this point. I think we've gotten to that point. I think we've we've gone full Wemby is going to be one of the best two centers of all time at this point. You're saying you think that's what's going to happen, or you think that's the trajectory people are making him out to have? We're already here. I think we're already here. I think we're already here. Dwight needs to come back to the NBA. He's averaging 25 points on 25-point field goal percentage. and We're already already at the point where if Wemby isn't like a player all time. You kind of just argued for for us there. No, I'm saying is, no, because the CBA is awful. The point I'm making is when you're looking at international leagues in comparison to the NBA, you have to apply a filter. The Euro League is much better than it's given credit for. We can see that in players and how they translate to the NBA, and we can look at that over the years, and then we can say, okay, Victor Wembanyama is performing like this. There is an expectation that then he will perform better in the NBA because that's what we've always seen offensively, not defensively, offensively. If we were to apply what you are saying about his 27% shooting, he's not an elite shooter, or he's not a good shooter, or he's not an average shooter, whatever you want to say, then I can also say that well, Dwight Howard's averaging 25 points in the CBA, right? That translates. Because what you're trying to do is laterally compare what he's doing in the so FBL or whichever league he's in. It's a little bit disingenuous because you're trying to do players that we already know have flopped out of the NBA and then went oh over. Oh, my God. Not doing that and neither did Luca. What? Are you not? Okay, hold on. Jimmer okay. Fredette and Dwight Howard? You want to go to Dennis Rodman's stint overseas and just, you know? Yeah, as well. I think MJ should go overseas, man, at this point. Like, come on. Yeah. Why not? So let's see. Uh, but I wish there was just one giant Euro League, so it'd be easier to track. 
but here's the thing. Here's here's what this long, overly drawn out, tired. Here's what I want you to Very know. Very long please. segment. Ren, yeah, right now, Ren right now is pushing back on me saying Wemby is not as good of a shooter as he's as he's hyped up to be. And Ren is taking that as Wemby has a bust potential based on his skill set. No, that I'm that is indirect. That is exactly what you're doing right now. You have to remember I'm discuss I'm debating this with two people. There's you and there's also Austin. Austin Hi. is full bus train. Okay. So okay. you have to you have to understand that I cannot discuss this at the same time. Okay. Do, okay. You're okay. not saying he's a bust. I get that, but Austin is. Okay. So okay. I have to have this conversation and two I'm on two fronts here. I'm okay. You you and Austin. When I'm one in the ring, ten rounds. There you so, go. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> so what I'm saying, you're saying he's overhyped as a shooter. Fair, whatever. But he's not. He's shooting twenty seven percent in a league that translates as a higher shooting league once those players come overseas. That's factual. Whether you you've only given us one person who happens to be one of the best players in the NBA right now. Okay, hold on. Let's see. Um, Let's pencil Wemby in for the three point contest in the All Star game this year. If he makes it, hold on. Dragon Bender shot forty four percent from three in the NBA. What did he shoot in the Euro leagues? Are you, are we really comparing? Okay. I'm just thinking of European players right now because okay, like I at this point I don't know what to do to get you to understand. Like this translates differently. Uh, he shot 33 percent in the Euro leagues. 44, 33. One is bigger than the other. Let's. What other European players? Ricky Rubio. Rubio. Love that dude coming out. Honestly. Uh in the NBA he has shot what is it? What did he shoot overseas? Uh Rubio International stats. So he shot thirty three percent. Uh so in Euro Leagues he shot thirty one percent, so he shot worse, but most of those years were eleven percent. 16%, 16%. Wow, it's like he shot better when he got over here. What other international? Do you guys have any inter- international players you can think of? Because, like, I can do this all night. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> you can sit here and you... say whatever right. the hell you want. But you, but at the end of the day, you're still not willing to say that Victor Wembenyama is a good shooter or not. It's not about being a good shooter. It's That's what this whole thing started with. No. You're saying he's overrated as a shooter. He's not. We're discussing his total package as a player. And the fact is, he is going to be a Yes! I'm done. I'm done. We're done. This has gone on long enough. This is like an hour (laughs) segment. And I am I'm so sure we'll have this. we'll have so many more of these talks as Wemby starts to fall off the cliff. So don't worry. So, hey, follow <laughs> us on social media. Austin's finally not being lazy, and he is posting on them. We are at no. Do you want to do it? 
we are at I, I do a lot for this podcast uh we are at you know what i'm just letting you know if, if Wemby, as soon as Wemby gets her it's getting posted <laughs> we are at no reserves radio on any platform um except tiktok except tiktok yeah follow us on twitch that is set up we will get to that eventually yeah we need like yeah. and all of the links all of the links for our social media are on our twitch page so you and can pretty much get to all of our stuff they, anywhere they should be on all the social if you follow us on one you should have access to all the others quickly correct um like comment subscribe review do all those fun things i am so sorry for the length of this episode uh, yeah. next week it'll just be angelo and i i don't know what we're going to talk about so Dear God, not Victor. <laughs> I won't well, be there, so there'll be no maybe, reason. Maybe we can have an honest discussion about Victor without oh. this pessimist over here. <laughs> That's weird. And, and the only way we're the only way Ren and Angelo can have a uh, sensical, sensible conversation is when Austin's not there about Victor. That's the only topic that like we will more rationally discuss when Austin is not there. <laughs> everything else it's but no that one that that is true um join us next week it will just be austin or angelo and i uh thanks for listening love you bye this is gonna be so bad this is gonna be great